Stereo. Hello. Inspiration. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Unchained Inspiration. I am your host, Reese Seven. This link in the chain is titled, The Mind is Like Water. Today, we I get to sit down with my friend, Jackie. She is from Calgary. I spent many years lifeguarding with her at a very crazy pool and have been able to have great conversations with her in the past, but there's been a gap in time that I can't believe it's been a few years since I've actually got to speak to her last. But here is a friend of mine that has been able to really just kind of simplify her life and kind of clear the busyness out to focus on some incredible achievements in her life. And I'm just super thrilled that you were able to to join me tonight. How are you, Jackie? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I was thrilled that you were willing to come on the podcast uh, when I approached you a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I've never been on a podcast before, so this is definitely something new for me. And it's been so long since I've gotten to chat with you that I was just excited to even touch base. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm thrilled that we get to talk. It like I said, it's been a few years, and I've just I've I've missed our conversations that we used to have. Yeah, I mean, we talked. All the time. It was, yeah, it was crazy. And when, when you left, I was like, my goodness, my Reese. And <laughs> anyways, I'm glad we get to touch base now and hopefully we'll continue in the future. So Absolutely, we will. Now, you, in the last few years, every time I've kind of like noticed what you were up to on the wonderful world of social media, you have just been knocking it out of the park. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't didn't think anybody really noticed. Um, not that I was trying to do it for anybody else, but myself. But yeah, I've definitely um, just kind of followed my passions in my heart and done a lot of new experiences. And I think this is the first time in my life I feel confident and privileged that all of the things that I've been able to do and um, I still have so many more I want to accomplish. So <laughs> thank you. Okay, so for the listeners out there that don't know the backstory, in the last few years, what have been the significant achievements you've made? Okay, well, um, I well, that's that's a great question. I mean, <laughs> off the top of my head, um, I've competed in my first WBFF competition where I competed in a bikini category, which is um, fitness modeling, and I did that here in Calgary and came third so really heavy Congrats. into um you know fitness and um overall health uh, i have a nursing background and so health has always been pretty important to me i am currently a canadian search and rescue volunteer that i've been doing for the last seven months and i'm raising my golden retriever to be a search dog uh, so i feel like that's kind of an accomplishment um i have renovated and owned two properties um so flipped a property and rent that one out and i'm currently working on 
my new home where I do. <laughs> I, I just, I love to work with my hands. And um, obviously something you and I have connected on is I love art. And um, so I do still paint as well. Um, and I guess if you're looking at job things as well, I'm the current director of operations at Focus Eye Center. So my nursing background just kind of led me into managing a team there, um, as well as um, I work on the Glenmore Boat Patrol rescue team. So being able to be outside on boats and just overall enjoyment out there is is something I'm also doing right now. So I guess I guess that's kind of the top things I can think of. And then to top it off, you just got married. I did. Yes, Josh and I. We we bit the bullet we were supposed to get married in June last year and um, obviously with COVID we didn't and fast forward until September we actually got married in our backyard in our new house. Wonderful. I I was so thrilled to see that you two uh, tied the knot. I was just like cheering you on from afar. I probably wasn't loud enough for you to hear but big congrats both of you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was it was about time. I mean, we've been together for about seven years. So love the guy. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty lucky to have such an amazing person in his life. Oh, well, that's so sweet of you. Never. It's funny being in that position. You never quite think of that. Um, but yes, thank you. <laughs> He knows that he's he's really uh, done well by you. I So you just rattled off a ton of things, and there's a couple of things in there that I didn't realize that you were still involved in. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize you were still working over at the Glenmore Reservoir. Yeah, so I still work for the city of Calgary, and um, as lucky as I am, I'm actually one of the very few city of Calgary recreation employees who still has a job right now because I'm on the boats on boat patrol but um yeah no I love it I am yeah I'm sticking on with boats and I'll that's that's where my heart really is it really is just an incredible job and the people there are so amazing and I just get to connect with the public so much more and I get to learn and do things all the time with my hands and that's just something I'm so passionate about I just find that over time when I'm moving my body or using my hands for something, I am just a much happier person. So, yeah, yeah. I got the opportunity before I left Calgary to go out on the boats on the uh, reservoir there with Malim. Yeah. And he took me out. Well, you know that Malim and I both have a passion for photography. And he took me out, I think it was... 6 30 or 6 o'clock in the morning it was early like the sun was just coming over the horizon as we were in the middle of the reservoir and he allowed me to just kind of ride with him for the day and snap photos as they did their first patrol and everything it was breathtaking and yeah what a dream job go ahead Reese. yes so sorry (laughs) no it's like you've got a dream job there like I just Oh, when I think of par- a paradise type of job, you're you're doing it right now. Yeah, I know. I mean, I just want to jump in and interrupt you because I just love it so much. So I'm so sorry. Uh, you will have to come back out to boats and I will drive you around 
and we you should just I mean it's starting to become that time of the year where the balloons will come down and try to touch the water and so you see these air balloons and these beautiful colors and all the beavers are out and oh it's amazing so oh my gosh you need to give me a schedule so I can kind of line my vacation days up to come and visit you then yeah absolutely we will hook that up for sure that's awesome. Well, it, interesting that you just uh, spoke about hot air with balloons. So I'm working for the City of Medicine Hat in their rec department, and we just found out that uh, there's a guy here that's just training to be an air balloon pilot, and he's been doing these test runs the last couple of days, and it's there's a magic about someone being up in a hot air balloon. I don't know what it is. That sounds so cool. Have you ever been in one yet? Jackie, I'm terrified of heights. And to be in a wicker basket <laughs> attached to a balloon, uh, I love it from the ground. I don't know how I would do up in the air. Oh, gosh. I feel like it's on my bucket list to do because I would totally be freaked out the whole time and probably sit in the bottom of the basket. But I feel like I have to do it. It just looks so serene when they're just, they're just so slow, just, Mm-hmm. passively going through the beautiful sky oh goodness i think for myself if i knew so the biggest thing with heights for me is b- being being six four you tend to notice that a lot of things are designed for people basically six feet and and smaller so mm-hmm. safety rails they're not up as high as you would feel safe with them and so i guess for me it would be if i could get into the basket and feel like i wasn't going to just accidentally topple over the edge type thing uh Mm -hmm. and i and i would know that the basket could withstand the weight and i've got this terrible phobia probably from renoing a lot of old hundred year old homes and going through the floor uh (laughs) i just have this terrible phobia that the basket with the bottom would break out below me so if i could if i knew for a fact that those were solid i probably would be willing to try it once I think that this is something we're going to have to add onto our bucket list, Reese, and we're going to have to do this together. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Edmonton, I know, has a big balloon festival where they launch a ton of balloons. We were talking about it at work the other day, and we're trying to like see what we can do to organize like or a bit of a draw to get some people with hot air balloons down in this area. Um, uh, there was They were talking about a hot air balloon that's tethered and that I think I would be willing to try first and if that went really well I think I would let then just be willing to go for the full flight okay I could definitely be down for that I could make the drive down (laughs) yeah and then bring everybody down with me of course (laughs) well I'm I'm just thinking that if it doesn't happen here because we're so small a large center like Calgary or Edmonton that probably does do that. We just have to keep our ear to the ground and find out when something like that's happening so we could make plans to go and try it out. That sounds so perfect. I'd be so on board with that. I, maybe I'll even try to uh, do a podcast from a hot air balloon. Uh, all oh you, my goodness. All you'd hear <laughs> is me so whimpering. Cool. <laughs> Oh, I just end up whimpering from fear up there, but I think it would be (laughs) pretty wild if there was a podcast happening from a hot air balloon. That would be so cool. So many people would have to tune in. 
Absolutely. So, <laughs> I totally got sidetracked. We were talking about the reservoir, and as we were talking about the reservoir, I was letting you know that there were three quotes that I came across this week that I really felt kind of resonated with you. And the first one was by Pradsa Ma. The quote simply is, the mind is like water. When it's turbulent, it's difficult to see. When it's calm, everything becomes clear. At what point in all of these different hats that you have going on, did the water become clear enough that you could see yourself competing in, in bodybuilding and finishing off nursing and renoing and, and still being an amazing partner? That's a great question. I think that, you know, you'll always have moments of clarity or clear water and moments where things just are kind of blowing up in your face. Um, so I, I, I think that I, for me in my life, I overall have to hit a few bases in order to keep my mind as clear as possible. And that means that my coping skills are up and my stress is down in order to maintain a somewhat healthy relationship. It's a healthy relationship. It's, it's good. <laughs> and manage everything else that I, I guess I do. So, you know, there's never a specific point. I realized recently with being the director of operations and managing a whole staff there and now being a senior boat operator on boats that I'm definitely being um, shortchanging a lot of areas of my life. So this is this is actually recently that I realized that and that I needed to make a decision about what I was going to stick with. Um, and so I resigned actually as director of operations and I have one more week. I'm very excited. Um, and I'll go be, I'll just be going back to scrubbing and being a surgical scrub nurse in the OR um, just casually. And then really put my heart and soul into being senior boat operator um, and then a search and rescue volunteer on the side so I can spend more time with my dogs. Um, and Josh is, Josh is a pilot. He's away a lot. Um, and so when I'm trying to be a good partner, but I'm also trying to keep up with search and rescue or doing house renos, but he's only home, it is definitely a fine balance. And um, I can definitely sort of see over time when things are getting a little bit too turbulent or clouding kind of me as a person. But a lot of those things that will fail for me for sure is that um, I won't be exercising or moving enough. Um, so just in general, being a little bit, <laughs> a bit lazier, my coping skills just kind of go down the drain. So my ability to manage everything just isn't as, you know, proficient as what I normally would be able to handle um and that can be a little overwhelming sometimes when I feel that sensation I'm like I start asking myself well why why would do I feel that um and then I usually can come to a conclusion which is taking me a long time because you've known me a long time mm -hmm. and you knew that for a long time I wasn't able to sift through or ask myself those hard questions well what's getting in the way of this what's why am I feeling this way? And you can't work through something unless you know why it's happening. Yeah. Did that kind of answer the question? Well, absolutely. So like I do this podcast as an artist journal for myself. It was my art show that I kind of realized that I, I've got a lot of questions and I, I live too much in my own brain that mm -hmm. it was, 
I had to go back to the happiest points in my life. And it was always kind of talking to people. And like we lived, like you and I worked for City of Calgary in probably one of the most amazing times in my personal life. I had the most amazing network of people around me every single time I showed up for my shift. And Mm -hmm. I'm still in contact with everyone that was in that team. Like that team forged us for life, it seemed. Yeah, there's some very amazing people that have come from the city of Calgary. And um, I mean, there's something to be said that um, most of us have post-secondary education and still choose to work with the city of Calgary. I mean, um, Britt Hauser is a teacher and Howard's an accountant. And these are all people we worked with at Village Square Leisure Centre. And um, overall, I feel like you just can't can't lose that it was just so precious being able to have that connection with all these people well it was and so like there would be I remember there were shifts that we all struggled we all had our struggles and I remember there were times that you were just having a really off shift and we would take a few minutes to kind of talk and everything and you just started to process and I remember watching that whole transformation over the years that we worked together where you just kept pushing on and no matter how overwhelming the situation seemed to be, you were able to get through it. And I always just, I actually, like I looked up to you a lot, (laughs) ironically, I thought that you were a fantastic role model and you probably had no idea about it. I, uh, I actually have to say that about you, Reese. I think a lot of my being able to process things has to do from our conversations we had at Village. The way that you would essentially like ask me back questions would help me break down and work through whatever was kind of, you know, you know, too much in that scenario. And uh, like, I'm always so grateful for having, you know, like known you in the least, but like also to be your friend and stay connected to you um you know over the years and that that has a lot to do with just the small time that you put into you know caring about me and and um I always so appreciate that so thank you really well I try to be present with everyone I encounter I I genuinely try to be present and so I came across this uh quote and it it spoke to me first but then as the conversation's going on and what I've been watching with you, I feel it lends itself well with you as well. So Arthur Golden has this quote of a mind troubled by doubt cannot focus on the course to victory. And it was always, there's always doubt and there's always layers of questioning that come up. And it was by challenging you on getting you down to the core of what you really needed to clear that mind, you you just took off. It was like lighting a fuse on a rocket and watching you just take orbit. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I think that this quote is really applicable to even almost more than the first one you were talking about. Because the thing is, is at a point in my 20s, I always, always doubted, always doubted. And when you doubt... It always leads to more insecurity and it takes away all that ability 
to process being overwhelmed or anxiety or whatever else. And when you take doubt out and just believe that you're going to figure a way through it no matter what happens, then ultimately that decision's been made and that path just becomes so clear. Like when I decided to compete, I went from constantly doing the exercise roller coaster for forever after being a competitive athlete like as a kid and then just went up and down in the gyms and just never found really a full passion for it and then I like flipped a switch and decided to compete and there was no doubt and I just did everything that it mattered to accomplish that and um that's that's I just took that doubt out and then it I just went and since then that one lesson really just has propelled me moving forward with kind of everything else that I did there's I mean when you renovate a house there's always a way to figure it out Um, whether you have to you know reach out to an expert or you can you know somebody that you know or trial and error or all of these things if you feel confident that if one solution doesn't or one area doesn't work or problem solving doesn't work then you can go to the next thing and so that doubt's eliminated and you will always kind of just plow through and figure that out and I think that yeah you're just because you took that doubt out of the equation I have to ask like I when you decided to compete in bodybuilding that was a complete curveball uh from an outsider like from myself I was so surprised that you went down that so what triggered that yeah um you know, this is definitely a vulnerable moment for sure sharing this with you. But I, I guess, grew up like never thinking that I was good enough or pretty enough or, um, you know, I never looked a certain way. And, you know, I, I mean, I didn't have, um, you know, a father figure really growing up. And so, I mean, you miss some of that stuff when, you know, parents can give you confidence in areas. And so maybe that had something to do with it as well. But Overall, um, I just never thought I I was good enough. And then I volunteered backstage at um, a WBFF show the year before I decided to compete. Um, And, you know, the the people that were behind stage, they were like, it doesn't matter where you are, you will get to where you want to be just believe it you'll get we'll get you the right coaches you'll get on the right schedule you know follow the right people have feed your mind with the right things and it'll all come and sure enough I just with those that group of people behind just made that decision and the next day went for it and started essentially training to compete and um, went through a little bit of a journey because I was going to compete about five months from that first show um, that I volunteered at and they canceled that show. I was going to go to the United States, decided that I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that show. And then so ended up waiting a full year to do a Calgary WBFF show. Um, Yeah. A full year later. And that's where it led me, I guess. Wow. That's incredible. It's interesting hearing that you had that moment of vulnerability where you just didn't think that you were, interesting enough beautiful enough and it's funny because like from knowing you and being around you that whole time i i wouldn't have realized that because 
you've always been an extremely beautiful, intelligent person. It's surprising to hear that you were actually trapped in that weird self-doubt. I always thought it was normal, really, because, I mean, it just becomes really difficult growing up for women sometimes in our society, just thinking we're not good enough. And I've always, I always ask myself those questions like, why did I feel that way? What, what triggered that? And I still have no idea, to be honest, Reese. But yeah, no, I, I literally had the worst self-esteem and I still go through times where I'm like, oh my goodness, like, you know, I have, I haven't been in the gym in, um, a while, like with COVID and things. And so I've been trying to make home workouts work and stuff. And so that, that in itself is a challenge. Like I still feel better when I do it, but I still, am like, oh, but I'm not as good or, you know, like self-doubt is always going to come, but yeah, I definitely felt so, so vulnerable, just not, not a really confident person I felt like before. And I really feel like I found my footing a little bit once I got through through that and realized I could really accomplish anything. And so that's, I feel like, so applicable to all these quotes you've shared with me. So I, I'm glad that I obviously still resonate with you, that I could pick out the right quotes when I'm, when I'm wanting to talk to you. I think for me, knowing, I always thought you were one of the most beautiful people that I met and not just physically, but like mentally, you were just all around a very, very beautiful person. And what I love so much about you is you always seem so humble about it. And that was like, that ended up being the most beautiful part about you. You weren't arrogant about how beautiful and how smart you were. You were just such a genuine caring person that you were, you were amazing. And that's part of why you were such a role model for me. Thank you, Reese. Well, I feel seriously the same um, about you. I just, yeah, I, I seriously just miss the time that we spent to, together. And I mean, I'm really sorry I never actually made it down to see your show, your art show, when you had that. Because that's something that I thought was just the coolest thing that you were doing. Well, it was my first, not my last. So I'll keep sending invites out. And I feel like right now is the perfect time to rattle your chain and see if there's any opportunity for us to collaborate with. I loved how at the beginning of the podcast, you pointed out that we should like put the air balloon opportunity into our bucket list. So that's in. We're going for that. I'm terrified, but we're going to go for it. (laughs) And then I was just wondering if there, like, because we connect on the art front, if there would be anything that you would ever want to collaborate on. I would really like to collaborate on something art worthy. And um, I have sort of an idea of a project I think would be really cool. I want to paint a mural in my house. And I think it would be cool if you and I designed that maybe together. What do you think? Totally. I, that is something I've been actually very curious about lately because we have a, um, event down here called Mural Fest and they've been taking like old buildings that have just kind of been not the greatest. And they've been trying to spruce them up with like some really unique murals. And I've often thought like the challenge of a mural is its size. Yeah, totally. And and I've often thought like, well, what's the secret in doing it and keeping everything in proportion? So I am totally game. This is, to me, this would be the entry point before you get into a much larger wall and canvas. But just, 
uh, yeah, consider consider me in on that. We'll have to figure just, out a theme and everything. Yeah, that's so perfect. I think that they're just adding a lot of depth to people's homes and like how cool would it be if you're going to look at a new home and you just see this outstanding mural that you can't get anywhere else and I just think that's so so cool. So that would be so fun if you help me with that. I'm in. I'm I'm uh, this is going to be awesome. I just there's been so much momentum lately to get me back in the studio. So I have to share a story with you from this past week. Okay. I was approached by a group of people wanting me to teach my painting style. And I don't know if you remember that how I used to do my paintings. It was, I always gave myself the challenge that I was never allowed to touch the canvas. So all of my paint is splattered, dripped, drizzled, thrown at the canvas to create the piece. Yes, I remember this. Okay, so... How do you teach that? How do you go to a classroom or how do you go to an art club and teach that? So, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, tell, yes, I'm so excited. Okay, um, that's why I'm like, yes, keep going. <laughs> okay, so I don't, I didn't know how to do it because the problem with these paintings is it takes, it takes on average one of these paintings about five to seven days, usually five. If I'm serious, it's five days to produce a painting and it's not because it's that time heavy on you actually engaging it it's you have to allow all the layers to dry properly or it will cause unforeseen problems as the paint is curing so i've been having to dive back into the video world and so in the last while here i've all of a sudden like I used to do a lot of video editing and video work back in the early 2000s and kind of just let it go because the equipment's expensive. I didn't have a whole lot of time, lots of moving around that I just kind of left it be. And all of a sudden now I've got this crazy calling to get back into video. And I decided that I would start working at trying to live stream the podcast. So that's hopefully at my one year anniversary, I'll actually have the video portion of the podcast. But Anyway, back to my past week here, I came across a camera on Marketplace on Facebook. It was, I, it just gave me goosebumps when I saw this camera. It was very, it was very similar to a camera I used to work with in film school. Really great. It was a modern version. So I approached the guy and said, hey, if that camera records to an SD card, I'm in, I'll pick it up. So he replied, yeah, it, it records to the SD card. So this was super exciting. I've got a high-end, high-definition high camera that's going to record to an SD card. So I go pick it up. It's not charged. I take it back to the office, let it charge up. I, I picked it up on my lunch hour, charged it up over the afternoon. And when I was about to go home, I decided to fire it up and see what it's like. And the weight of it was amazing. Everything was perfect. I think the guy maybe took it out of the box once. It was that unused. I put a SD card in that I had at the office and wanted to see what what it was like to record. And it came up an error. Turns out the camera he had sold me only recorded photos to the SD card and not the video. Oh no. I was heartbroken. Fortunately, I was very lucky he was more than willing to take it back and give me my money back. But right now I'm in this weird 
dilemma do you go and find some some high definition cameras that are pretty inexpensive or do you bite the bullet and buy a high-end professional camera because I know I'm going to be doing a lot more video work so I'm torn and this all happened in the last two days oh my goodness (laughs) it's been this weird the hardest question when you are literally working on a passion is where is insanity and where is <laughs> like but you need to follow your heart you need to do what feels right what feels right right now well exactly and so i'm i haven't found that yet i find that my mind is still kind of cloudy and it hasn't resonated in my heart yet so i'm still kind of floating around as if i'm in that hot air balloon uh mm-hmm. looking to get grounded somewhere and I'm, I know that if I buy a camera right now, it's about $2,000. I know I would have it for several years because I'd be getting the 4K version. So better than high definition. Mm-hmm. Ironically, I'd be using only high definition at the time because everything I'm doing is for internet consumption, not high-end video like DVD or any of that type of thing. But I do know that down the road, it it's possible it would be there and I'd have the camera. So... I'm just going to kind of rest on it and hopefully that all of this will kind of clear out and the turbulence of the water will not seem so muddy in a couple of weeks. Oh my goodness. I I feel like I already know what you're going to lean towards, but I'm going (laughs) to not say anything. I don't want to force it, but I think that that's such a positive move and I, I think that you really couldn't couldn't really go wrong with with getting what you want and then you just make it happen right because every time we stop stop telling ourselves that oh no I don't need that but then you're six months further behind where you wanted to be in terms of well getting that video done and getting it out and then does that make sense that's me I'm I'm so like totally sometimes I I'm a little up in the clouds though right so well here's the funny part so so I've got that going on. And th- this is the problem. I've got too many pokers in the fire. And <laughs> yeah, and, well, and that's, that's the problem right now is I think that's why I can't hear what my heart's telling me on that. So the other part is we've got this old, we, so we have a couple of old hundred plus houses, hundred year old houses here. One we're renting is an Airbnb, which is great because it helps uh, kind of like finance some of my artistic passions. And then there's the current house that we're living in, which is 110 years old. It's, there's so much character and it's a magical place, but it lacks closets. And so we, we struggle because not only does it lack closets, it's only got two bedrooms and one bathroom. So we've got this small home, which is great for us. But when we have nieces and nephews stay over, we really find that's when the challenge comes we're really in this bizarre stance of like, we're doing some major renos to it right now to hopefully make it a bit more functional, but it's never going to add the extra rooms or bathroom, but it will give us extra storage. So it's exciting. And we're, we're in this strange thing too of like, okay, like the house is starting to feel more hours, but will it ever really meet the needs that we want in the end? So it's just another turbulent stream in the river true houses are a difficult they're 
they're probably one of the biggest headaches I think that we'll ever face if you're ever going to own them like you and I do and you both we both put in time and effort right so into them and care and you can't just decide to sell one immediately and buy the next one when it suits your needs it doesn't quite work that that smoothly so it's a difficult position to be in for sure but it's going to become clear for sure yes it will Okay, so normally I uh, normally I wrap these uh, podcasts up at the thirty minute mark. I just I just get so excited when I get to talk to you that I easily could do another couple of hours of this. But I'm going to wrap it up here, Jackie. I really hope that you'd be interested in coming back for a few more episodes over the course of the next few months and years. Yeah, absolutely, and it gives us a better opportunity to like reconnect when sometimes our busy schedules don't allow it. So yes, I'm totally game. Awesome. Okay, everyone, this has been The Mind is Like Water. I am Reseven, signing out. Stand by.